Hi, everybody, and welcome to this Combine edition of Vikings Live. Jim Rich, along with Pierre Nujum and Ahmad Hicks. And gentlemen, we're supposed to be looking at talent, right? We're supposed to be looking at guys running around in shorts going like, boy, that guy's going to look great in a Viking uniform. But that's all been pushed to the back for right now because the Vikings have so much to do in free agency to get their house in order. Kurt Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith. Uh, you could go everywhere. This team, in my mind, is at a major crossroad. They could go straight, they could go right, they can go left, or they could go in the dumpster. Um, which way, in your, your probabilities guy, Pierre, your Vegas guy, <laughs> you give us the odds. Yeah. What are the odds that the Vikings come out of this better than they were when they walked off the field last year. Well, I thought you were going to say we were supposed to be in Indianapolis watching all of this take place. Oh, yeah. Fox well, we are. This is our Indianapolis studio. Yeah, but Indianapolis, Fox, Indianapolis. Fox and I wouldn't cut the check for us to go on the road. So, but, but yeah, we're here anyway. So, you know, this is what we do from afar. Um, I would say uh, it's the 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 pro let, let's 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 get right to it. The the let's start with the quarterback. The quarterback. Uh, no, 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 no. I just want an overall picture here. No, the way, the probability which, that this team will be better when it steps on the field next year than it was when it walked off the field. I would say less than 50-50. Less than 50-50 it's better next year than it is uh, than it was in the season that we saw. All right. I think What so, do you think about? In Laban's terms, I think the Vikings will be worse in 2024 than they were in 23. I feel like it's hard to answer that question because you don't know who's going to be on the team. Well, exactly, but you have these people that are watching this are jonesing for information. They want perspective. They want somebody, an independent eye. They don't want to be fed. The if they get Kirk Cousins back, they're better than what they were last year. If they don't get Kirk Cousins back and they're banking on a rookie quarterback, they're going to be worse than they were last year. And that's why I think they're going to be worse than they are this year. So you're banking that number eight is a Falcon? Well, it, whatever he is going to be. Well, Justin Fields is going to be a Falcon. Whatever, whatever Kirk That's Cousins what I heard is too, going yeah. to be, uh, I, I am starting to feel less and less optimistic that it will be a Viking. Less optimistic. And I keep seeing all these rumors, and, and I, I was told by a professional athlete once before, when you see rumors on social media, odds are they're true. They have legs to it. They just haven't come to fruition yet. But you keep seeing the Vikings brought in a new uh, quarterbacks coach, Josh McCown. Who did Josh McCown coach in high school? Drake May. Drake May is one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. And I'm pretty sure we'll, – I'm sure we'll talk about this in a couple of minutes. I don't understand the hype over guys like Drake May and Will Levis and, like, the Mitchell Trubiskys and all the, the hype. They weren't winners in college. They didn't produce well in college. Their numbers are awful the year they're going into the draft. But then everybody's like – Oh, my God, let's overlook Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. Let's overlook Caleb Williams, and let's talk uh, about Drake May and the potential he has to go top two. And it's just like, bro, did you see? He barely I don't think anybody's him. overlooking Caleb Williams, though. I don't think well, anybody's overlooking yeah, But I keep seeing more people talk about Drake May and how he could be the top quarterback. And how do we go from the Vikings should get Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, or I mean not Bo Nix, Michael Penix, a guy who played for a national championship, all the way down to Drake May, a guy who when you throw on this – college highlight film you're like is he a running quarterback or is he a throwing quarterback like what, what does he do well you know so I, we'll talk about that later on but yeah um, if they're banking on a rookie quarterback it's going to be a tough season for Minnesota so 
Is that, though, the way they should finally settle this? They've been pushing this money down the road year after year, and it didn't start with this organization. It goes back to the Spielman era, where the Vikings had pushed all of this money down the road, trying to stay in the hunt, trying to keep that Super Bowl window open longer that they felt that they were in. It never opened for them, but they were there. They thought they were there. Is it time to just bite the bullet we're going to have to go backwards because uh, – go ahead. You- yeah, yes. And one-word answer, yes. Yes, it is time because you know why? Because when you're a team that's in between seven and nine wins every year, you're stuck in no man's land. And if you're stuck in no man's land, you're not bad enough to draft a top-tier elite rookie quarterback with a top three pick, and you're not good enough to make the playoffs. So what are you? You're, you're nowhere. You're, you're spinning your wheels. You're getting nowhere. And if you're in that range of seven to nine wins seemingly on a yearly basis, you're much closer to tearing it down than you are to being a Super Bowl contender. Because I hate to tell you, three or four players are not going to suddenly elevate you from a seven-win team to a 12-win team and possible uh, Super Bowl contender unless it's a difference-making quarterback, which the Vikings can't afford right now. So you're much closer to tearing it down, in my opinion, than you are of ever getting sniffing a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. So you might as well start the tear pro- teardown process now. It's tough. It's hard for the fans to hear. But I promise you, if you rip the Band-Aid off sooner, you will thank yourselves later. Don't do this competitive rebuild thing of like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're seven wins. We're eight wins right there. We only need a couple tweaks here and there. You're not. You're not. This team right now, as is, even if you bring Kirk Cousins back, you're not. You're not close to the Super Bowl. You are not. Flat out. Mm. Be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror. Most, I think they would, the, the Vikings organization would be surprised at how many fans that are out there that would acknowledge and embrace the situation of, you know what? There's, you're, you're giving me honesty. You're giving me an honest assessment of this team. We're not close to a Super Bowl. Let's start the rebuilding process right now so we can make sure we can get there in three years as opposed to six or seven. Mm. <laughs> I like Pierre's take, but here's my thing. Okay. Devil's advocate here. You bring back Kirk Cousins and you use your draft picks, which they have quite a few of this year. You use your draft picks to bolster that defense. You'll get you a top defensive lineman. You'll get you a top cornerback. you get you a nice free agent linebacker or something like that just to compliment Ivan Pace Jr., Jordan Hicks, and whatnot. You bring in another pass rusher because we all know Marcus Davenport just stole money from the Vikings last year. <laughs> if Hicks comes back. If Hicks comes back. You're right about that. But that's why I say address the linebacker position. I feel like if they bring Kirk back and you got – well, we all know T.J. Hawkinson. He's going to miss probably like four to eight games you know, at the beginning of this season. But you get Hawk back. You got Justin Jefferson. You got T- uh, Jordan Addison. You got Kirk back. That whole offensive line is coming back except for Dalton Reisner right now. So you bring right. everybody back offensively. You keep Kirk healthy. This is That's eight wins right there. You go get Coach Flores, your guy. You go get him a corner that can shut down a receiver. You go get him a, a guy who can get after the quarterback in, in addition to Janelle Hunter. Then you're talking about there's three yeah, or four wait, more wins right there. How are you going – you think they can get – Cousins and Hunter back? No, it's no because they got to pay Jefferson, and they already said they're going to pay him more than the highest paid quarterback. So, or they say he should be compensated like that. So it's going to you're going to look, but like I tell people all the time, like these guys: Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, cornerstone guys, blue chip guys. That's what Quasi Adolfo mentioned yep, the other day. He said blue blue guys yesterday, blue chip guys that you want to keep. 
But like I tell people here in Minnesota all the time, what are you married to? Are you married to great players that are great in the community, or do you want Super Bowls? Because these guys haven't brought you a Super Bowl collectively as a unit. So now it's time to break up that unit, kind of like Pierre was saying. I don't think a whole rebuild is necessary when you have such a good core group of pieces. I think they just need to go start like the Lions. It starts with, one, not overpaying quarterback position, but secondly – Getting your interior offensive line and defensive lines built. That's what we saw. All the successful teams this year, the Kansas City Chiefs, nasty offensive line, nasty defensive line. And they also did well drafting in LeJarrius Sneed and Trent McDuffie. So it's just like that's something that I think the Vikings – that that's the recipe. Kirk Cousins is probably the short answer unless you're just saying, you know what, the next three years we're going to go in the rebuild phase like Pierre said and we're going to just groom and develop a quarterback. And I don't think the Wolves are – or, you know, no, they're they're not all in on a teardown. That's I think is going to be the fly in the ointment. Is they're going to say, whoa, 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 you're Quasi. You come walking into the Wilfs office and you say, you know what? I really don't like anything we got. I want to blow it up. How do you think that conversation would go over? Because you're looking at sweets, you're looking at sixty thousand sellouts every. Because once you lose that feel, where you can win, then the fans are going to go, what am I spending $250 for on these seats when I'm watching a, a rebuild? And then you start deteriorating your season ticket base, and then you lose that mystique of U.S. Bank Stadium being the loudest stadium in the league, and it's full, and it's always rocking. And the Wilfs are going like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, we're, 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 not, we're not buying in on that. There's got to be a better way to fix this. Let, let me ask you a question, though. Outside, assuming they bring back Justin Jefferson. Which out, they say they're not going to trade. Well, yeah, correct. Outside of wide receiver and tackle, what positions are you really feeling good about with this team from top to bottom? Oh, I know. There's a million holes. That, There's that, a million holes. Ahmad said it. Who are you really married to at this point outside of Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw? Brian O'Neill, you know, is, is a good right tackle Brian O'Neill's making a lot of money and did not have the best year Brian O'Neill's making a lot of money so that's is that now an avenue of where if you want to free up some money and somebody needs a right tackle I'm not suggesting that you go out and just get rid of Brian O'Neill as if that would solve everything that's not what I'm suggesting because I find Brian O'Neill to be a very serviceable good above average right tackle those don't come around very often but if you're looking for an avenue to maybe free up some money, possibly maybe move up in the draft, I'm looking at my right tackle who's making a lot of money. That, that's, just, that's just one observation that I have. I mean, that entire offensive line is making some good money. Brian O'Neill, I, I don't have the numbers put up in front of me, but Brian O'Neill is making handsome salary. Garrett Bradbury, oh, yeah. like three years, $18 million. Derisaw is getting paid a nice salary. I mean, Dalton Reisner was one of the best offensive linemen last year, and he was probably the lowest paid. The cheapest one. Yeah, yeah. you know, Ed, Ing- Ed, Ed Ingram is getting paid as well, you know, like $4 million, you know, on his contract. So the, I just don't see how you win football games in the National Football League if you can't stop the run and you can't run the ball. And right now the Vikings, have, their defensive line is depleted. Like, you know, like they, oh, yeah. they have well, especially nobody. if Hunter walks away. Yeah. You then know. they're really not going to have. So I think everybody's pressure. talking a whole lot about Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. Rightfully so. Those are two very, very important pieces to your team. But you can't do anything in the NFL if you can't stop the run or get after the quarterback. And right now they need to go bolster that defensive line. And so I think that's what they should be talking about with that number 11 pick. Yes, just bring Kirk back. 
it's hard to go win a Super Bowl with the overpriced quarterback. I, I do love the fact that they have a, a chance to get a premier quarterback on a rookie contract for the next four to five years and can spend that money elsewhere. But defense wins championships, man. You got to build that defense up. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the other thing with Jefferson. The Vikings, we heard, hadn't even crossed his mind yet, which I don't believe. I don't believe it either. I mean, you're because, up, you now again, up. this wasn't under Kwesi's watch, but this organization has traded away Randy Moss. It's traded away Percy Harvin. It's traded away Stefan Diggs. And Sidney Rice? No, it was Sidney Rice? Uh, he left as a free agent. Okay, okay. Right, but three premier wide receivers this organization moved on from. Um, if you decide to not bring back Kirk, is Jefferson going to be happy with some guy trying to learn? I mean, the last three guys that tried to fill in after Kirk went down almost got him killed. And I think that opened his eyes to, wait a minute, I, I need someone that can get me the ball, where I need the ball, when I need the ball. And I think that was a learning experience for him because that's all he had was Cousins yeah. from day one. And every pass, for the majority, yeah. right where he needed it. Um, so they may say... Because it's interesting how Kwesi said it in that press conference. He said that it's Jefferson's camp that's slow playing the deal. Now, why, why would that be? Well, I mean, the, the quickest way for me to get over the fact that Kirk Cousins is my quarterback is the fact that I'm making $35 million a year. That'd be one way to get over it pretty quick. He's going to get paid wherever he goes. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like this is the only place where you're going to get your money. It's not like the NBA where, oh, well, we're the only team that can give you that kind of money, so yeah. you have to stay yeah. here. I think it's smart for, for J.J. To, to slow play things. You saw the new salary cap just came out. So what if he signed a deal last year, $120 million or something like that, then you see the new salary cap is $31 million higher the next year. You're like, wait, I should have resigned. I think he's doing the right thing. He's more valuable the longer he waits, and the price only goes up because more teams are going to get interested. They're going to get in on the process. It sounds like if Kirk Cousins is not going to be the quarterback, then yeah, it, it, sounds, it definitely sounds like, He's gonna say, "Well, you know, it's not that I'm not interested in coming back, but you better, you better bring me a name." Look, he'll I'm be back. Be like, okay, he's nineteen million dollars this year. He'll be back. Uh, but he's a, he's at that he's entering that zone where you're risking a lot camp, camp by level. playing. Remember, we had the debate at the end of the year: is he going? Is he going to even come back? Remember, because yeah, he was I injured, yeah. and they were debating. Well, yeah. they're not really going to go to the playoffs. Is he going to step back on the field? Is he going to risk? Because if he gets, you know, tore up in the knee like Hawkinson, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden mm -hmm. that, that $300 million or whatever everybody says he's going to get wouldn't be there for him, perhaps. I think he'll be here. I think Jefferson is just smart. He has the leverage right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? So why rush and sign something? When you have all the leverage, you can slow play it. There may be some deals that come out, you know, March 13th, where you're like, oh, so-and-so just got this. Well, we need to add 20 more million to what I'm going to get. So I think he has all the leverage. Vikings fans just need to be patient. He's not going to go anywhere. I think the biggest problem for this team right now is what you're going to surround Justin Jefferson with next year because that's the deal breaker, I feel like, for Jefferson. He'll come back because he's going to get a lot of guaranteed money this year. But then what do you – how do you make it appealing for him to say, you know what, all right, I want to be here for another three to four years. Right. And that's the big deal, I think this offseason i think that's what he's waiting to see march through june 
all right, what do you guys do with the draft? What do you do with free agents? Do we have a chance to go compete for a Super Bowl this year? I'm going to give you my all. But if we don't have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl, we'll just l let the talks linger. Then we'll dead them, you know, once training camp gets here in the season, then we'll revisit them. And if you don't have it done by the season, you might as well kiss Justin Jefferson goodbye. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah, I, I think he's being patient for a reason. I think all the wide receivers that are hitting the market this offseason are smart enough to know that they're not going to be paid more than Justin Jefferson. I think they all know who the top dog is in the National Football League. But I would say one guy to keep your eye on right now, and that's probably what Ahmad was saying in terms of he wants to see kind of how things play out. The one name I would keep your eye on is C.D. Lamb because C.D. Lamb is, is a guy who is an upper echelon elite type wide receiver. Not to say that he's going to be commanding more money than Justin Jefferson, but if I was J.J., I would kind of wait to see what C.D. Lamb is going to get paid because if C.D. Lamb gets paid, you know, somewhere in the in the realm of, what, 150 somewhere in that. Tyreek Hill right now is making over $30 million annually. I believe he's the top yes. uh, when it comes to financials, uh, you know, in, at the wide receiver market in the league. If C.D. vaults Tyreek at, let's say, 31 to $32 million a year annually – then Justin's going to be looking at that and saying, you know, CD's a great wide receiver. He's great, but I'm just a little bit better. So we need to make it bet more than 31, 32, or $33 million. So that's one name and one situation. If I was a Vikings fan, I would be paying attention to what CD Lamb is going to get paid, whether it's in Dallas or whether it's uh, – he's under Dallas control. Right. But, but you know, it's, it's that time now for CD Lamb to look at that extension and for him to get an extension. Yeah, uh, so priority one then is getting Cousins squared away. Either you're in or you're out. That's your biggest domino. Yeah, on it any, is. On any NFL team, you got to have your quarterback position figured out. So they got to figure out, I mean, you only have so many days. But how much How much do you invest in Kirk? If he says, because I mean, you heard them both, Kwesi and O'Connell, they were just falling over themselves saying how much they love Kirk, yeah. they want him number one. But there's not a deal done. And so there's obviously a number that they've put on the table. And Cousins is going, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, that's a nice number. But it's the not is the number. His price went up when the quarterback play went down. <laughs> yeah. When Josh Dobbs was there, it was like, all right, well, I'll resign for 30, 35 million, no problem. Then when they struggled those last six to seven weeks, he's like, all right, what's the quarterback market? 45, 50? All right, you're going to have to meet me in that realm, you know? And so I think Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where they're saying, hey, go test the free agency market. You think another team will give you $90 million over three years or, you know, over two years? Go get it. You know what I'm saying? We'll, then we'll, it'll be easier to our fan base to say, we weren't going to pay him for Well, that's why I think they're saying this. Yeah. Because they're – going to I think they want to see him go and not be on the blood on their hands I think that's how they because they could have gotten this done and now you're playing a, a game where if you go into free agency and you don't know what Kirk's doing and Kirk's taking all these tours all these other free agents are coming off the board and you're like well uh, we need an answer here before we could go shopping for something else we need because we need to know what we're paying. This I think priority number one is to bring number eight back. I think Justin Jefferson likes playing with him. Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi have all been open about bringing Kirk Cousins back. But I think, like you said, like Pierre said, they have a price that they're willing to pay for him. And if he thinks he's worth more, then go get it. And if no one pays you that, then you're going to have to come back and sign for what we said we're going to give you. And if he can't go get it, then they're willing to say, you know what, we're going to put all our cards on a rookie quarterback and we're going to build for the future now. Over the last few years – who have you talked to or met 
that has been a bigger defender of Kirk Cousins than me. Uh, probably, probably besides Kirk Cousins' family. <laughs> Julie? Uh, yeah, Julie, yeah, yeah. Julie yeah. Julie's in his corner. It is time for the Vikings to move on. It doesn't make sense anymore. The term because the thing the com, the portion of the conversation that people aren't having when it comes to Kirk Cousins, he's going to be 36 by the time the season rolls around. What is the window now with Kirk Cousins? Two years? Do you think you could be a Super Bowl contender in the next two years? Looking at the rest of this roster, does it matter if Kirk Cousins is on this roster if the rest of this roster isn't good enough to make a Super Bowl run? And if it's not, which in my opinion it's not, then what is the point to tying yourself to Kirk Cousins for another two or three years at that, that type of money? What is the point? If he gets $40, $40 million over two years from the Minnesota Vikings – that means in eight years with the Vikings, if he plays for two more years, eight years with the Vikings, if he gets $40 million for the next two years, he will have made close to $240 million, a quarter of a billion dollars, and only have one playoff victory to show mm-hmm. if he doesn't win a playoff game in the next two that, years. That, that's what this feels like. I feel like we know what the ceiling is with this team at Kirk Cous- with Kirk Cousins at the helm. And I that, Saying that, I feel bad saying that because it's not all on him. I don't want to put it all on Kirk Cousins. However, it doesn't make sense to me to re-sign Kirk Cousins for another couple of years just so you can say you have Justin Jefferson for another four or five. And when Kirk Cousins, if he gets hurt or if he retires in two years, then what? we have the same problem all over again. But then you have Jefferson signed. Okay, fine. Fine, but uh, if but 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 if you have if if you have Jefferson sign to a big time contract and you don't have a quarterback worth the damn throwing him the ball, then what's the point of paying that wide receiver record setting money if there's no one to throw him the ball? This is like having you're you're claiming that you have this big fancy plant, but you have no soil underneath. Like I think that's Jefferson's deal too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you that's get- what I'm saying. Why I think they're slow playing it is because they want to see what's happening here. Because I don't want to tie myself for five years and I get quarterback play where we're at the bottom and every year we're going back into the pool trying to get a top three quarterback because this guy flamed out. I mean, look at the teams that have taken him. Like you said before, everybody's going, oh, my God, look at this look at this guy throwing at the combine. Oh, my, we have to get him. And he ascends to the top and then he can't deliver at this level. And we haven't addressed the other part of the conversation where if you're going to give Justin Jefferson a record-setting deal – is that the type of move financially that is going to be a good move or considered a good move when you're trying to piece together a Super Bowl caliber roster? When you are dedicating that much financial resource to one position, it's the wide receiver position. And make no mistake about it, Justin Jefferson is special, beyond special. But I'm sorry, the wide receivers now in the National Football League are starting to go the way of running backs. You can kind of sort of find them in a lot of different places. Not the special, special ones, maybe. Puka Nakua, third round? Fifth round. Fifth round, excuse me. Feel like So I'm not going to sit here and say they grow on trees, but you can supplement the loss of one great wide receiver with two pretty good ones for half the price. Here's my thing. Well, the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, they shipped him off, and they, and they, won they went two a Super, Super Bowl. Bowls. Two Super Bowls now. <laughs> and they went and addressed that offensive line after Tom Brady and the Buccaneers got after Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. They addressed that offensive line. They went to two straight Super Bowls, and they won. I think regardless of if Cousins come back, comes back, if Jefferson resigns, you still have the same problem. 
the offensive line was really bad, and yeah. Kirk Cousins was yep. getting tore up the last two years. So cool, you bring in a rookie quarterback. Now you're going to mess up his development, mm-hmm. his 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 ability to go through progressions and reads because he's not trusting the guys in front of him. So instead of looking down the field at number 18 or number three or number 87, they're looking at the five guys in front of them and the guys that are coming. So I think it it it's a mute point. Whatever they do with Cousins and Jefferson, if they don't address the five guys in front of them, and right now. Four out of the five guys are under contract. So that means you have to go out and get some competition and replace some of these guys, unfortunately. Okay, one more scenario to throw at you. You're Quasi, You're the GM. You don't like this team. You get a honeymoon period. He's in year three, right? So if you think that this team needs to be torn apart, you have to do it now. You can't wait till the fourth or fifth year, and like you said, the Vikings seven, nine wins, and it's just kind of muddling along. And then you go into the owner's office. You know what? I want to blow this all up. They're going to say, we're blowing you up. <laughs> you know. So if you're that GM yeah. and you want to come in here and do a teardown, you have to do it in that honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. Because if it gets too far down the road, they go back at you and they say, well, you put this on the field for three straight years, and now, you think, now you're telling me it's no good? Well, the, the one. Th- cons- so if he is going to do it, yeah, this would be his shot. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree entirely. And the one thing with Quasi as well, over the last two, he's got he's had two draft classes now. Don't really love the draft classes the last two years. That I think is the elephant in the room. If Don't. they come up dry again, Lewis Seen, uh, Andrew Booth Jr., Andrew Booth Jr. and Makai Blackman are, are both kind of incompletes. I would say. Uh, Ed Ingram is under his class. Jordan Addison is really the only rookie that we've seen so far. Ivan Pace was undrafted. Ed Ingram, Ty Chandler, they were in the first two cl- the first class with Quasey. Those those the classes that he has have left me wanting more. And and he's really I, I think Quasey's really under the gun here in this draft to hit this draft out of the park. He's really under some pressure, I think. I feel like this draft with this position, as I said on air the other day, this is either the time where it gets you a contract extension in a couple of years or it gets you jobless in a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. Three years years is a good barometer, I think, for for both a front office and a coaching staff. I think three years is a fair amount of time to accurately assess what you have. Yeah, and that NFLPA survey came out this week. Uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell, number one coach in the NFL ranked by the players about how they are taken care of. Uh, the players seem to like facilities, well, all yeah. that, food. I'll, I'll, I'll Chiefs are at the, the bottom. The Chiefs rank at the bottom. 30, yeah, 31. Chiefs are their owner, their, For food? Their, their ownership ranks F-. minus. Yeah, their facilities, everything, F- minus mm-hmm. as a whole. But Super Bowl champs. That's back right. Back. That's what you play for. Super Bowls. Correct. All right, uh, before we get out of here, uh, first domino to fall. Cousins, and you say, let him go. I, I say it is time to move on from Kirk Cousins, yes. I agree with Pierre, but I don't think the Vikings are going to do that uh, because I don't think Justin Jefferson wants to play with a rookie quarterback uh, because you just don't know what you're going to get out of rookie quarterbacks, especially when you don't have a good offensive line in front of them. So I think the Vikings have no choice but to bring Cousins back, but I think they have to let him play out the free agency process, find out that he's not worth what he thinks he's worth, and then he'll come back and settle. I think the Vikings are saying all this, but they won't meet what Kirk wants, and he goes somewhere else. That's what I think happens. I think Cousins wants to be here, but he wants to be here on his terms. 
They they aren't giving him all that guarantee. Like I I I. That's I, what I think the sticking yeah, point is sure too. It's guarantee, like money, yeah. three years guarantee. I think they're saying two, and he wants three because I mean, he wants to finish here. He doesn't want to be here gotten, for two he's years. He's way and then go much, somewhere else. He's gotten way too much guarantee money already. You got to have some incentives in there. You got to go. One win. thing he's won, he doesn't win playoff games, but he wins contract negotiations. Certainly he's does. Not losing <laughs> in those. I'm gonna have him be my agent moving forward when he's done playing football. I'm gonna tell you that much. Really though. All right, well, we appreciate it. If you want to see more of this during the offseason, hit us up, put it in the comments, say we want more, we want more, and we'll negotiate with you. Uh, we Guaranteed money, right? That's that's what we go that's for. That's what we like, guaranteed money. That's right. That's, that's what right. Kirk likes. All right, and uh, Pierre, where can people find this? How do they subscribe, follow, uh, like, whatever else they do? Well, I, hear, I, I hear from Ahmad. You can find us on YouTube, on the Fox 9 YouTube page, and you can get us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. iTunes, Spotify. So yeah. um, all that good stuff, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us, the Vikings Now Podcast. And how about you on X? Where can we find you? Where can you find me next? Yeah. No, on X. Oh, on X? X. Oh, on X. Oh, yeah, that's right. I still call it Twitter. But, yeah. That, that's, don't we all? Yeah, don't we all. You can find me at the Nuge Fox 9. Ahmad Hicks TV. There you go. All right. Thanks very much for listening, watching, enjoying, and we will see you as the Vikings continue to reshape their roster going ahead for 2024.